Welcome to the Vegan Family Kitchen. My name is Brigitte Chem and I am your host around here, also the main cook and chief meal planner. I am here today with Marianne Erickson. She is the host of the Plant-Based Briefing Podcast, which she started in April of 2021. It is my favorite podcast because every day she features carefully curated content in 10 minutes approximately, and she covers all sorts of amazing topics within the vegan and plant-based lifestyles that have appeared elsewhere on the internet and that we've all managed to miss many times. And I really recommend you subscribe. She is also a uh, member of my little family in the vegan meal plans. She has been a subscriber for a few months, and I really appreciate her presence and her feedback um, on all things meal plan. And so I thought I would have her here on the show today to chit chat about her podcast, her vegan journey, how she uses the meal plan, her approach to batch cooking, and more. Marianne, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you. I would like to, to start today by asking you to tell me a little bit more about your personal uh, vegan and plant-based journey. Sure. Um, I, well, as a, as a little kid growing up outside of Toronto, I would see the trucks carrying chickens on the highway. And that would always really bother me. But then I would put it out of my mind. You know, I think I could, that's, it's, there's something wrong there. Um, and I remember as a young child, when I made the connection that some of the meat we were eating was animals. And I asked my mom about it and she just told me that, well, they're raised for this. They, um, they're born for this. They wouldn't be born otherwise. And it's just okay. And, you know, so just went on, you know, I figured that's what we all do. And that's what, what I did, but it always bothered me a little bit. Finally, in 1999, I went vegetarian for the animals. And I say for the animals in quotes, because I never looked into, I never educated myself really what was going on, but I just knew it was wrong. And I was going to stop eating animals. And um, what the reason I even bring that part up is because I hit a wall maybe 10 or 12 years after that. And I was just tired of the options in restaurants. We ate out all the time because I didn't know how to cook. I didn't like to cook, grow up eating, you know, meat, potato, veg, mm -hmm. and it was just, you know, frozen veg and, you know, whatever. So as a vegetarian, it was, um, it was like frozen or fake meat stuff, potato right. veg. It was just, you know, I'd rather eat in a restaurant, but then I got tired of the options in restaurants and we had two young kids and we traveled a lot and ate out a lot. And I just thought, you know, maybe I'm going to look into this. Maybe I can eat humanely raised meat. And I'm a researcher. Twist yeah. of the story that I didn't know. Keep going. Yeah. Well, because I never did really look into the whole animal agriculture, the evils right. behind it. So I did some research and it's funny, whatever you put in is what you can get out. So, you know, can yeah. pigs be humanely raised? And I found a local farmer and I called her and she told me how wonderful their pigs lives are. And that when they go to be processed, she drives the truck and it's all wonderful. So that's all I needed to hear. Wow. Yeah. And then I started eating, um, I said I was only going to buy the organic, humanely raised chickens and all that kind of stuff. So I started buying that. And it was actually probably a three-month process, me even thinking about doing this. But then I eat in restaurants and, you know, you're not getting the expensive, humanely raised 
yeah stuff in restaurants but i just didn't and we don't tend to ask the hard questions when we go out because we just don't want to be a pain right in yeah. the servers but right um, right for sure right. we don't want to be that customer yeah exactly so i justified my way back to eating animals and then slowly still never watching any documentaries or anything but slowly just like oh, i don't think i can do this anymore and i had worked my way down to being pescatarian and then i learned we had a group of friends we did a dinner club and i didn't want to be the the one who was difficult so i learned this word called flexitarian and i was so excited to be flexitarian because i was easy to get along with yeah. um then anyway so i was back to being all the way back to being um pescatarian and happened to google do fish feel pain and uh, yeah they do yeah <laughs> so went back to being vegetarian again um then i i've always been an avid podcast listener and happened to hear um john mackey on the rich roll podcast he was the founder and former president of whole foods and he was talking oh, about yes this, yes yeah he was talking about this book he had just written with um doctors alona poldy and matthew lederman called the whole foods diet and just the, the bits of information I gleaned from that podcast episode, I wanted to get this book because he was talking about, you know, eggs being bad for you and dairy being bad for you and everything. And um, that was news to me. So I got this book on vacation, read it and was driving my husband nuts because I was blown away. Yeah. I mean, I'm going, oh, my God, listen to this. Listen to this, honey. Can you believe this? I was absolutely blown away. I know the feeling. I totally I've been there in that I'm exact so scene, not the like, same book, but yes. Yeah. Like how how can we not know this stuff? How is this how is this hidden? So anyway, after that vacation, we came home and the very next day cleaned out our pantry, cleaned out the fridge, threw all the processed foods away, all the dairy, all the eggs, and we went whole food plant-based. Wow. When was that? This was July of 2019. Wow, that's a that was a big day for you coming back from <laughs> it was, but I was so shocked and outraged. And, you know, um, then I started watching every documentary and listening to every podcast I could find. And there's a ton of information out there. Absolutely. It's yeah. if, if you're wanting to know, yes, really, you can find, you yeah. know, if if you're not wanting to, it's easy to avoid it. As you, you said, you just have to choose the right keywords, right? Exactly. Exactly. Totally. But so as I was researching, because I didn't know what to cook, I had no idea what, um, and I was lousy at cooking and I hated it. And so I, the reason I bought that that book and I was excited about it too, was because it had a meal plan in the back. So right. yeah. I was able to come home and start and I followed I, three weeks out of the four weeks of that meal plan. And it was, it was fun. That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. So you went all in from, I guess, vegetarian at that point to whole foods plant-based practically as much as possible. Um, what about the vegan part at that time? Well, I, I still like, I'm a, I'm a big researcher, so I wanted to figure out how to cook more. I tried all kinds of meal plans. Um, I think I've probably tried them all, the meal, the weekly meal planners, seriously. Right, right. Um, and, but as I was researching more and more, I'm watching all the documentaries, listening to the podcasts, all for whole food plant-based, they sprinkle in stuff about the environment and they sprinkle in stuff about the animals. And I remember listening to, there's an animal activist named Seb Alex. He was on um, either Rich Roll or Plant Proof podcast. And I was taking notes and I was like, 
oh my gosh, like vegetarian for the animals for 20 years. And I didn't know anything. So hearing those little bits sprinkled in, um, it was shocking. And then that sent me down a path to research more about that. And I think, um, I think once a lot of people come into it through health, like the whole food plant-based side or the environment. And, but once you learn the animal side of it, there's no going back. Absolutely. Yeah. So we went on a cruise. There's a, there's a vegan cruise that happens. And we went on it February, 2020, right before COVID. And it's got all the plant-based doctors and amazing sessions. It's like this awesome conference and it's all whole food, plant-based food. And it was really cool, but they also had um, an animal activist and um, James Aspie came and did two sessions and sat through those and just bawled and bawled and bawled while he showed footage and explained stuff. And it was at the end of that second session where I looked at my friend and I just said, I have to be an activist. Like, I can't just, um, you know, I can't just do my own thing. Part of that yeah, too. You can't just sit back. Right. My sister, Patty, who, you know, she lives in Vancouver. She, um, she went vegetarian a little bit after I did, but then she went vegan a few years ago before I did. And she'd come to visit once or twice a year. And she said she was vegan. And I didn't even know what that was really, but, um, I just thought it was just some weird thing. She's done lots of weird diet things and I never asked her why. And she never told me why. And I think that's so bizarre when I think back now, like she could have influenced me then Mm -hmm. if I had bothered to ask, you know? So that's part of why like, okay, so I'm, I I considered myself vegan after hearing those sessions and, and realizing I've got to do something, but I also realized I have to use my voice as well. That's, that's beautiful, which is a great segue into telling me the story of your podcast. I love it so much. Um, I, would, I would love you to tell the story again for everyone to know what the plant-based briefing is about and how sure. it came to the world. Um, I got the idea. It's modeled after somebody else's podcast. Um, Justin Malik does Optimal Living Daily, which I highly recommend. I, I started listening to that. I stumbled upon it back when he first started. And, um, it's, it's about, um, just per, how, how to live your best, like minimalism, all kinds of, um, self-development topics. And I loved it because for the reasons I'm doing this podcast is I'm didn't have time with young kids to sit there and read blogs, but if he could read them to me while I was doing a thousand other things, and I listen at almost two times the speed, I could just get so much information. I loved it. I always thought I would love to do something like that. So then after realizing, you know, I'm vegan and I have to be active about maybe about six months after that, the light bulb went off and I thought I'm reading all this stuff and researching all this great content. I'm sharing some of it on Facebook, but nobody probably doesn't read it. You know, people probably (laughs) don't read it. So I thought I'm already a voiceover artist. I have the means to record. I kind of know what to do. I can just, you know, create a podcast based on his model. So I reached out to him um, and said, I'm thinking of doing this. I love your podcast. And do you have any suggestions? And he gave me some tips to get started, what kinds of people to reach out to and everything like that. So it's kind of reaching out to you to say, can I steal your idea? <laughs> Essentially. But. but that's, I mean, there's, 
we have a lot of ideas and when we we we're just standing on the shoulders of giants right exactly, and right yeah keep on building on the good stuff i mean i hope people steal my ideas and and grow them you that's know true. that's that's fantastic it just expands um his reach that you're doing this now i think it's fantastic yeah yeah so tell me a little bit about the uh, collaborations that you have for for the podcast what kind of sources you're curating at the moment so um when I first started, I, I, I thought there's going to be a ton of information, but I just came across when I would search, I came across um, recipe blogs and I thought, well, maybe there's not as much as I, as I really thought there was. Um, but then I realized I've subscribed to newsletters for all kinds of sites, nutritionfacts.org, physicians committee, forks over knives, climate healers. I mean, there's all these things that I'm already following. And it occurred to me that, oh, yeah, I'm getting all this information. And I started to reach out to, to people. Um, there is so much information now. I've got probably 20, 25, what I call contributors that I read from. So um, what I do essentially is I, I reach out to them and ask, is it okay if I share your information? Um, it's basically like an audio retweet. So um, I'm just getting their permission just to say I have it and just to be respectful. But I, yeah, um, I um, make sure that I uh, link back to the original post in the show notes and give them all the credit and stuff like that. Um, so now I've got so much information that <laughs> it's almost too much. I got to do like three a day or something. Oh, that's so much so to good. share. Yeah. And it's growing every day. You know, it's mm -hmm. so fantastic how there's many more people and and I think what you described as you know the, this urge of I need to do something, and what gift, what talent, what strength do I have that I can leverage to take this message to more people and to amplify it? So I I just find that super inspiring how you've managed to to bring this plant based vegan activism into the the rest of your life um, and to leverage those those gifts that you have. It's wonderful. Um, I love it. I really love it. It's my passion project. Like I've got my, my voiceover work um, that pays me money. And then I've got the podcast that, you know, <laughs> that does that. It's, it's yeah, it's my passion for sure. It's wonderful. So how many episodes have you had so far? Um, today was 145 because it's, you know, wow. five days a week. That's so. really fantastic. I'm so grateful for it. And every day I look forward to, you know, what is it going to be today? And I awesome. like how you balance I mean, it's kind of a little bit sneaky because it's called the plant-based briefing, but it also addresses, as you mentioned of the cruise, for example, vegan topics, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's important. I mean, I can totally relate to that. I came to plant-based eating for environmental reasons, and I don't mm -hmm. even think the plant-based label was much around back in the days. I mean, it hasn't been that long. It's only been six years, right? But I really came for environmental reasons. But as you say, once you crack open... and Unlike you, perhaps I knew all this stuff because I was raised on a farm. Like I knew all the things, but I had never thought about them from a lens other than the lens of, oh, that's weird. <laughs> you know, and like, oh, people who I knew like one guy who was vegan, but he didn't call himself vegan 20 years ago. Yeah. And he was just a weird guy having tahini, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, why would anyone have tahini? Like, what is tahini <laughs> anyway? Um, but once once you've you've seen the light from a different angle. You can't, you can't unsee it. I can exactly. imagine it. And it's good to share. And I think once people become more open-minded about what their food is, 
and they feel more confident that they're not going to become deficient in something. Mm -hmm. If they're eating a plant-based diet, actually it's doing them good. Then they're like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm willing to listen and to have an open mind about all the other stuff you have to say about this. And, And that's really the glue that keeps people committed because for our own health, I think it's easier to stray. Mm-hmm. But when we feel we have a responsibility to others and to all the sentient beings out there, mm-hmm. it feels more like an obligation, but in a good way, not mm-hmm. one that we're trying to get away from. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's, that's so wonderful. And um, you've said, you've piqued my curiosity. You said you tried all the meal plans out there and somehow I guess I was part of the lot (laughs) and I'm curious to know what made you think it was a good idea to become a vegan meal plan subscriber with me. Uh, How, how did you get here? (laughs) Well, excuse me. Like I said, I did try so many and um, they had their, you know, their good and bad, but there was obviously something that kept me looking to try the next one. And my sister actually introduced me to you and I saw it looked on your website and I loved the, um, I loved your blogs, first of all. So I love the information that you shared, but I loved the, um, it, the simplicity, the, the apparent simplicity of your meal plans were really exciting to me because I'd done some, which were, um, ridiculous amounts of work <laughs> and they were good, but they weren't worth the effort. Right. So, um, so yeah, when I, when I tried your meal plans, they're my favorite and I'm still using them, obviously. Thank you. Yeah. They're, they're delicious. Um, but they're, they're pretty simple. My, like on Sunday, usually I do my prep if I do my prep and I'm usually do it, but even if I don't do my batch prep, they're not that difficult to make on the night. Right. Um, but I do my, usually even just do my grocery shopping Sunday morning. It doesn't take long because once you have all of the ingredients, you're just adding a few things each time. It's really totally. Yeah. Just the fresh produce usually is what I have to buy and refill whatever staple is running low, except pasta. (laughs) I have to buy pasta every single week. I can't eat that every night if I could. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's so good. Um, but yeah, so sorry, you say Sunday morning, you do your shopping. I usually run out and get my groceries. Yep. And then do my, my prep. And I put on usually podcasts or something that I'm listening to. Um, and I put, I like to put on my apron and kind of set the kitchen up when I like have it clean to start with. And I get all my measuring cups and everything out. I've got some that I'm going to use for dry and some for wet. And it's kind of fun actually doing my yeah, prep. Yeah. <clears throat> and it made me think because I did your um, find joy in cooking workshop this past week. And you gave some tips about weeknight, um, weeknight cooking and having some rituals up front and the putting on the apron. I do that for my prep and I love it. I don't know why I don't do it for weeknight. It's kind of a silly thing, but it's just, it's like putting on a a costume and and embracing a different persona. Exactly. There's something of that, you know, I actually, when I traveled, when I visited my mom, she was getting rid of, of things and she gave me these aprons from the fifties that I think one of her sisters had made at like the family Institute. That was like the girls craft training oh school. Anyway, yeah. they're super old fashioned. And my mom was saying, you know, Oh, women, those days they were always wearing an apron and, you know, wiping the kids' noses <laughs> and wearing them pretty much all day long in their real 
you know, real clothes were under, right? And sometimes I like to put one of those on <laughs> and it That's brings fun. a completely different part of me out. I uh, and I have different aprons for different days. Um, I have um, a Dr. Greger Cruciferocious um, apron and I really like to wear that one for extra healthy cooking. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to do that and to dress up a little bit. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite recipe so far? If anything, is there anything that comes to mind? Um, one just from this week is your butternut squash soup. Oh, oh my gosh! Good. And making the sofritas ahead of time. I didn't even know what sofritas was. I thought it was something you get at Chipotle. But <laughs> <laughs> making that ahead of time, boom! You whip the soup together in no time, and it is the most flavorful one. Um, but the other thing that we make all the time is your peanut sauce. Oh yes. Oh, that's so good. It is so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that I like to do when I think of getting takeout and I can feel like I have a, a desire for noodles. I'm like, my stuff will be so much better than, yes. and I mean, it's, it's not that my recipe is exceptionally good. I mean, there's a lot of really good recipes out there, but anything we can make at home will just be so much better. And it will have so many more vegetables because vegetables are actually expensive for a restaurant to handle, right? Uh -huh. Because they're perishable and they take a lot of room. And so there's very few vegetables. Interesting. When you order noodles from a restaurant, like you have yeah. to kind of push them to, hey, I want more broccoli. Oh, that's <laughs> you know? interesting. Yeah. So if you do it at home, you can go crazy on the broccoli and red cabbage. So. Yeah. So we make your, um, we make, your peanut sauce all the time because we always have rice in the fridge too usually right. we'll, with your meal plans we have leftovers for lunch all the time too which is great but we usually just throw together tofu bowls and with that peanut yeah, sauce yeah. we put that peanut sauce on everything it's so good <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome love it yes i love it too it's actually a sauce that is also i'm almost sure available in the planned uh, planned and plant-based sample meal plan on the website so people don't even need to be subscribers to have the goodness of it it's also on the blog pretty sure Excellent. cocoa peanut noodles yeah mm, yum okay so good one more thing just on your meal plan oh, that yes. i love is that you have a slow cooker recipe almost every week too yes which is yes so great the, the kitchen smells so good and i've always liked the idea of slow cooker cooking but i never really had recipes like yeah totally yeah. it makes me feel organized yes. <laughs> yeah. that idea of decoupling cooking from eating, it's not mm -hmm. new, um, but it is revolutionary for those of us who were always trying to cook at the last minute, right? Yeah. And you can just throw things in the slow cooker in the morning and forget about it until dinner. But then as you say, enjoy the exactly. sweet smells of dinner on the way. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. My son is always confused. Sometimes I'm making a slow cooker dish in the morning and he's like, mom, what are you cooking? I'm like, oh, I'm cooking dinner. I'm like, what? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, not yet, I'm not ready. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a fun thing to do. Very yes. sweet. Um, and the last question I'd like to ask you is, um, and I think you here as an expert with a really broad range of, of knowledge on this, because especially now you're actively reading and curating all of this amazing content. Um, what do you wish everyone knew about the vegan and plant-based lifestyle? I wish they knew that it is way easier than they think it is going to be. Because I remember, you know, just contemplating, how am I going to do this? I was so worried. I got to get these meal plans. It's not that hard. It's seriously, there's the information is available. It's so much easier. And, and I heard somebody yesterday say, um, 
veganism is, is a, it's a non-action. You're not really doing anything. You're just stopping, um, you know, purchasing harmful products. So right. yeah, you have to learn how to cook differently, but it's really not that hard. Like the idea of it to me was way harder than the doing it. And like everybody else, probably, I just wish I had done it sooner. It's my only regret. Something you mentioned earlier a few times in a different way was that, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think there's a, a form of conflict avoidance that keeps many of us, and whether it's for health or ethics, right? We just don't want to be that person um, that asks lots of questions at the restaurant or that, you know, requests a special accommodation when you're going to a wedding or something. Um, and obviously that's something that you've now gotten over. Uh, and I'm curious to know, what do you think enabled you, empowered you to come to a place now where, um, you're not afraid of asking for the vegan option uh, and making sure that there is one. That was probably a bit of a process, but it came when I first went plant-based, I would take my own um, salad dressings out. Like I wasn't embarrassed to do that because it was just healthier. Um, but when I learned about the animals, the more I learned and the more outraged I became and the more desperate I became to help, um, now it's, it, it's, it's just that process, I guess, made it a non-issue for me. To right. me, it's just, it's, it's not normal. It's not necessary. It's so harmful. It's so violent. It's not nice at all. Yeah. yeah. Not at all. I, would it be right to say that basically you've, your discomfort at being uh, the black sheep, you know, the odd one out mm -hmm. has been uh, taken over by your discomfort with the reality of animal agriculture and that's just become more important do you think that's exactly that's right yeah that's probably the most important thing to me is 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 helping change what we're doing the horrors to the animals yeah yeah so that's fantastic thank you so much for all you do and where where can people find your podcast and subscribe and become further enlightened about all those amazing important topics plantbasedbriefing.com is the website. So from there, I mean, it's, it's on every podcast app. It's on, you know, even audible YouTube, whatever. So, but from there, if you're not sure where to go and you're not a regular podcast listener, you can go there and listen and explore some of the other podcast services to listen from. Fantastic. So plant-based briefing, no hyphens, no special anything.com. Yeah, exactly. And that is the entry point into the universe of this, uh, fantastic curated podcast. And I want to highlight, I mean, I love the 10 minutes approximately duration because a lot of podcasts, I don't want to say are a little bit self-indulgent, but some episodes can run a very long time and they're not always super dense. And what I really love about the plant-based briefing is that 10 minutes is the time it takes me to walk home after dropping the kids off at school or to even drive to the grocery store. And so that's just the right time. And in that time that could have been dead time, I've learned something new. And I don't 
listen to it every single time because I also try to practice mindful walking. <laughs> and it doesn't mean when we're not listening to something, it doesn't mean that it's dead time. Uh, but I really, really, really love having that bite-sized format that uh, brings something new and, and it jogs and it jogs my, my mind for the day and brings me new ideas and new connections and makes me more committed to stick with That's this. awesome. That's so good to hear. Awesome. One nice of the fun. challenges is that I'm, I'm not interviewing anybody. I'm not communicating with anybody. I'm just speaking into a void. You know, I know I see the numbers. I see that people are listening, but I have no feedback. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I am very grateful. And I'm sure everybody who's uh, listening to us right now will want to run, not walk to plantbasedbriefing.com to listen to you. Marianne, thank you so much for everything you do and for being here with me today. And uh, I look forward to uh, hanging out with you in the Vegan Family Kitchen again soon. My Take pleasure. Care. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me in the Vegan Family Kitchen today for this conversation with Marianne Erickson of the Plant-Based Briefing. I hope you go check out her podcast. If you would like to have some great recipes that you can cook with at the same time as you listen to her podcast, perhaps I encourage you to go to veganfamilykitchen.com veganfamilykitchen.com and download yourself a meal plan that you can use for everyday home-based, plant-based cooking. I look forward to seeing you again soon in the Vegan Family Kitchen.